You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. We're going to hear from some of the SEC coaches. Everything from Jimbo Fisher telling us not to take the poison from the media. We've heard that one before. And also a big update on LSU quarterback Miles Brennan coming from Coach O. We'll also talk all things SEC football. Really excited to talk to this guy, former Georgia linebacker Rennie Curran. What were his thoughts on the Alabama-Georgia game from Saturday? We will discuss that with him. And lastly, week four SEC football players of the week. We'll hit on who got the national recognition following this week's games. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out five days a week. All right, let's start with going around the SEC and hearing from some of the coaches talking yesterday. SEC coaches. All right, we start things off. As I mentioned, big news there from Coach O. We know last week when they were supposed to play Florida, he said Miles Brennan was a little banged up and he was listed as doubtful for the game. Remember, he took a couple of shots against Missouri when he tucked the ball and ran. We all just kind of thought, all right, it's a one-week thing. Game against Florida gets postponed. So clearly, Miles Brennan's going to be ready for the South Carolina game this week. Here was Coach O talking with the media yesterday. He was not going to play last week. We expected him back early during the week. I just talked to Jack. He's questionable. It's taking a little bit more time for him to heal, and he's going to be questionable for the game. Uh, Miles has a significant injury uh, to his lower body, uh, something that we do believe is going to heal. It's taking a little bit more time to heal, and uh, we thought he'd be back today, but he's not, and uh, I don't know if he's going to play this game. That means LSU may have to turn to true freshman quarterback T.J. Finley or true freshman quarterback Max Johnson. Now, both guys certainly look the part. Max Johnson is the son of former NFL quarterback Brad Johnson. He's actually a little bit more mobile, got some running ability. And then T.J. Finley, well, if you watched his video from high school at Ponchatoula High School in Louisiana. He looks more like a younger Jamarcus Russell, big arm big guy so it'll be interesting to see who gets the start for LSU this week if Miles Brennan cannot go but man the struggles for LSU continue on as well Muschamp of that defense are going to be fired up to be playing a true freshman at quarterback potentially how about over at Ole Miss speaking of quarterback issues Lane Kiffin talking to the media yesterday about having to have some tough conversations with his quarterback Matt Corral after his not one not two not three, four, or five, six interception day. I spoke to him immediately uh, after the game. I think even before I talked to you guys, maybe. Um, as soon as he got in there, after talking to the team, brought him in. Uh, spoke to him. Then, obviously today, but yesterday, too, he came in. And, you know, it was a bad film. Sometimes you just get bad luck. You know, balls are tipped and things like that. This was just, he played really poorly. Um, they did a great job reading his eyes, and you know he was trying to, you know, do no look passes where he's holding one guy off. Well, the problem is he can't see the other guy when he's doing that. You know that's um, you know, something that you do every once in a while, especially when you're rolling out. But he'd got away with it the week before, and um, so 
I think he learned a lot from this, and and we didn't play well around him for the first really for the first game we had drops a number of them significant including fourth down, um, so bad recipe. Yeah, maybe one of the warning signs after the game on Saturday was Matt Corral talking with the media, and I think he dropped the quote accidentally, but said, yeah, "This is a game we thought we expected it to come in here and it'd be easy." You should never say that as a quarterback in the SEC. Even if you think it, think it to yourself. Don't say it out loud. The minute you think a game is going to be easy, it's not, especially when you're playing 10 SEC games in a row. Next up, Texas A&M coach Jimbo Fisher taking some shots at the media, telling his guys, don't read all the headlines. He didn't say rat poison, but he says it is poison. On your team, not to read clippings and social media. Yeah, it, it's all man. It, it, it's all garbage. It's all poison. Listen, it, it, listen. Right now, we need to worry about next week and how we get better this week, and then then play them, get ready for Arkansas and play it. And don't worry about the scoreboard when, when your space. You can't worry about what what y'all say. And I don't mean that in any disrespect to any of y'all. Y'all gonna write your story, say what you're gonna say. We have to play. We're our, our, we're in a results based world and what we do and how we prepare to play. And uh, you can't believe the poison that's out there, good, bad, indifferent. Whether it's bad or it's good, what matters is what's in that room and what you believe with your players, coaches, and organization. And you play the next play, play to win your space, put your dominance on somebody else, put your will upon somebody else, and play. And that's what we need to stay focused on, and not anything else. How did Jimbo Fisher spend all those years at Florida State? He belongs in the SEC. Listen to the accent, Jimbo. Taking a page out of Saban's book. Well, of course, he came up under. It's poison. Don't read all the headlines. How about Mark Stoops? He didn't say the word poison, but he's not buying into this stuff about Kentucky winning five straight against Missouri. There's a perfect example. It means absolutely nothing, right? I mean, truthfully. I mean, it, it, it means nothing. Um, we have to go win this week. So... I don't even know what the streak is, um, but you know this is a new staff, a new group, and I, I have no idea what it is uh, because it, it really means nothing. It's five in a row. The Wildcats have won five in a row against Mizzou since they've been in the SEC, and look to make it go six in a row. Kentucky is all about snapping streaks, though. Winning in Knoxville this year, winning in Gainesville the past couple years. See if Kentucky can keep it rolling. And lastly, let's hear from Nick Saban. Speaking of Knoxville, taking on the Tennessee Volunteers, will they make a change at quarterback? And if you're Alabama, how do you prepare for a potential change in quarterback with the Tennessee Vols? I I don't really think we can. You know, they do a lot of things on offense. It's going to be very challenging for our defense uh, to make the adjustments that they need to make, you know, in this game. I, I don't know. We don't have enough evidence to know uh, how they would change what they do if they played somebody differently at quarterback. So uh, I don't think it can. we can prepare any different. Talking with uh, some of the guys in Knoxville that I'm close to, they kind of said they expect maybe you go with Garantano this week because it's Alabama. Look, he may crap the bed again, but he gives you your best chance. Then you get the bye week. Then you can maybe make a change if you want to after that. But you're certainly not going to start the true freshman against Alabama this week. That would just be setting the kid up for 
not much success. That is uh, hearing from some of the SEC coaches. Heard from some some more of the SEC West coaches this week than the East. We mix it up every week. It changes up. But uh, there you have it. Uh, Just a couple other tidbits from around the SEC. Uh, Speaking of Tennessee, they did fire their D-line coach after just four games this uh, week. So as one Tennessee fan put it, that's going to solve the problem. Yeah, their issue is more, uh, well, this past week was in the secondary and then also with Jared Garantano. But uh, as they say, maybe not the issues with Jim Chaney. He's calling the right plays. Garantano did just not, did not execute them as he should. And then one other note I did notice, Mississippi State has the number one defense in the SEC. Like, when we get hung up on stats, sometimes they don't mean everything, but uh, Mississippi State, the number one defense in the conference, only team in the conference allowing less than 300 yards per game, and they are one in three. Go figure. You would have thought before the season, if you would have said, look, SEC, uh, Mississippi State's going to have the number one defense in the SEC, you would have been like, my God, Michael Leach must be undefeated. No, not so much. Quarterback issues, and when they're, they're not playing LSU's defense, their offense really, really struggling. So there you go. That is uh, a couple tidbits from around the SEC When we return, we're going to talk with former stud SEC linebacker and Georgia Bulldog Rennie Curran to get his thoughts on the dog's loss to the Crimson Tide. Look, let's face it. When you need something for your car, a lot of times we always feel like, oh, it's just easy. Let me just run to to the chain store across town and go get what I need and walk up and down the aisles and then got people pestering me. Hey, can I help you find what you're looking for? And then half the time, they don't even know where to find it. They got to go type it into the computer to find the part. Save yourself the hassle. Go to rockauto.com. They will find what you are looking for for your vehicle. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. rockauto.com, the place to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything that you need. We talked about it before. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whatever you're looking to do, whether it's a new car, car, an old car, a classic, whatever you need for your car, rockauto.com has all the parts available for your car or truck. When you go there, make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car is ever going to need. Save yourself the hassle, rockauto.com. Hey guys, with sports back and things starting to get back to a little bit of normalcy, do you guys feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need to chill? I know some people, you know, maybe we'll go in the pool. Well, it's getting a little bit colder now. These days, you're always on the go. Go, go, go. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off, hit the reset button. That's when you need to reach for Coors Light. When I'm watching college football on Saturdays, sitting on the couch, I cannot do it without cracking open a fresh Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment, made to chill. Nothing relaxes you more when you're watching college football on a Saturday than a Coors Light. It is my go-to when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit the reset button, you got to reach for the beer that is made to chill, and that is Coors Light. And now you can get Coors Light right to your door in their new look delivered straight to your doorstep at get.coorslight.com. Get.coorslight.com. That's where you need to go. You will get Coors Light delivered right to your door. Who can beat that? Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. (laughs) 
Rolling along here on the Locked On SEC podcast, and we've had a lot to react to from this weekend. Tons of games to react to, particularly the big one. Everybody had their eyes on Georgia, Alabama, and heck of a game for a first half. But the second half, man, Alabama made some adjustments. Whatever Nick Saban told that team at halftime, they responded, and they shut out Georgia in the second half. Albeit, uh, game. how much does the game mean to both teams? Well, we'll see because we very well could have a rematch of these two very same teams in the SEC Championship in just a couple weeks. But join us now to talk all things SEC football, particularly those Georgia Bulldogs. Is former Bull- Georgia Bulldog himself, Rennie Curran, joins us now. Rennie, what's going on, man? Man, doing well. Glad to be on with you all. Thanks for having me. Rennie, it's crazy how quick time goes by because – I'm going through your bio and looking throughout the years, and I'm like, yeah, Rennie, he was just there a couple years ago. And I'm like, no, that was 10 years ago. It's crazy how quick <laughs> time flies, man. Oh, yeah, it really is, man. Just to even think about back when I played, you know, the amount of guys that were there before me, you know, it really goes by fast. I grew up watching guys like Thomas Davis and Tony Taylor and that whole bunch uh, growing up in Snellville. So it is really crazy to be a part of the tradition now as a past player or old head like the, the young guys call us now. <laughs> the thing I always remember about you is you were just a tackling machine. I mean, it felt like wherever the ball carrier was, there was Rennie Curran making a tackle. Uh, you did get a shot in the in the NFL and, and, and got to prove what you could do there as well. But what do you miss most from, from your college days at Georgia? Man, without a doubt, the, the thing I miss most about you know, college days is just being with the boys. You know, the, the inside joke, just uh, – being in the locker room, and I think if you talk to any guy who's a former player, they say the same thing it's about the relationships that you build and about those experiences, you know, in the locker room after a big, big win, and in our case, downtown in Athens. <laughs> a lot of good times, a lot of fun, man, and a lot of just great memories. And anytime we get back together, it's the same thing. You know, it never really goes away. So uh, that's what I miss most about it. Besides just the grind, you know, don't don't miss camp too much of the cold does, but uh, just a lot of great memories. I know you've gone on to do a lot of great things in your career now. I know you, you, you had a book that you wrote. You've uh, been doing a lot of public speaking and all kinds of stuff. Catch everybody else up on uh, what you've been doing lately. Yeah, so since my playing days have wrapped up, man, that's definitely been a big part of just uh, where I'm at now, just being a full-time entrepreneur. I'm a keynote speaker, speak to schools, businesses, and associations on things like leadership, team building, high performance, uh, personal branding, a lot of things that really helped me going from athlete to entrepreneur. And then I also uh, do some one-on-one coaching, working with athletes as well as business professionals, helping them once again in, uh, with leadership and also to build their brand and build their business as well. Got a nonprofit called the Game Changers Foundation that I recently launched, and we help current and former athletes through community engagement, mentorship, and also professional development, man. So just really been staying busy, trying to leverage uh, my platform, from football and, and really just do as much as I can to help uh, whether it's athletes, business leaders, uh, anybody really reach their full potential. Randy, it's crazy to me when I look at how college football has evolved now. I mean, you know, when I see kids that are five-star recruits and they tweet out, I'm releasing my top 27 schools, and it's like, okay, like <laughs> what, what is happening? If you could give one bit of advice to maybe a high school kid that's getting recruited right now, what, what would be the one thing you would want to tell kids that are trying to get recruited and go to the next level? I mean, the number one thing I will tell them is don't believe the hype. <laughs> like, understand that this is a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It, it's a business at the end of the day. I know it's your dream. I know it's something that you – you know, you can 
easy to get caught up in with all the newspaper clippings and the ratings and whatnot. But once you get there, you're you're the next one up in line. And if you don't maximize that platform, and that's that's not just what you do on the field. That's the relationships that you build, the brand that you build, you know, the education that you're able to gain. If you don't do that, which all you focus on is just football and your ratings and, and even just going to the NFL, you're going to walk away and you're going to look back and realize that you, you really didn't gain anything, you know, um, because there's so many guys that have come through. I, I know guys that played 14, 15 years that, did not maximize the platform, and at the end of it, you know, all they were was just an athlete. And so that's what I would tell to them, man, is just really keeping it real about being more than just an athlete, thinking about your brand, thinking about the relationships, and thinking about 10 years, 15 years, 20 years after you're done playing, what your life is going to be like, what you're going to do when you hang that jersey up. Because that's, that's what's really real. <laughs> Talking with Rennie Curran, former uh, Georgia football player, now entrepreneur, and, and doing his thing out there in the real world. Uh, Rennie, I know that, that one of the best things to follow you on Twitter is you know, you're tweeting out watching college football every weekend, and I know you were locked in on that game Saturday night between Georgia and Alabama. Just overall thoughts on the game. Obviously, the tide turned in the second half, but uh, you kept tweeting out hashtag junkyard dogs. This Georgia defense is still really good despite what they gave up to Alabama. Yeah, without a doubt, man. I, I'm still pretty high on my dogs, and I know we gave up a couple uh, big plays you know, in that second half, which is which was definitely disheartening, man. But got to give uh, Alabama their credit. I mean, those wide receivers they have, uh, Deontay and then uh, Waddle, Waddle House, <laughs> like he was named. I mean, they, they're extremely impressive. The quarterback uh, was ex- impressive as well. And then we, we helped them out with the turnovers. You know, that's strongest stat in the game. If you win the turnover margin, which they did, you know, it's almost 100% certain that you're going to win the game. And then add on the, the couple penalties. You know, one might argue that one of them was pretty ridiculous, but no, we're not going to talk about that. But overall, they they execute. You know, that's what's always made Alabama great is the fact that they have that killer instinct. You know, they don't uh, they don't waste any time with with uh, mistakes or or uh, not capitalizing when another team makes mistakes. So, I think if we uh, do get another shot to play them, which I, I believe that we will, we have to have that same killer instinct if we're going to beat you know, beat them and uh, beat them at their game. So that's what I'll say about that. But at the same time, we still got a lot of talent. We got a lot to play for still with this season. So I'm looking forward to seeing the Bulldogs bounce back. I think we were all kind of surprised that Stetson Bennett became the guy to take over at quarterback with, you know, all the the different guys that they had to choose from. Um, obviously, look, he's he's maybe a little bit limited, but made some plays there in the first half. I know you tweeted out Todd Munkin is the truth. Have you seen the difference in the offense and the play calling this year? Oh yeah, without a doubt, man. I, I really think he's done a great job of just utilizing the players, you know, as much as possible. Guys like James Cook getting him the ball in open space. Um, that's something we saw a little bit of last year, but they're doing a lot better job of it this year and then really spreading the ball around, getting the ball to the tight ends, which we, we got freaking grown men at tight end at Georgia this year. And uh, unfortunately, we, we got away from the run in the second half, which I think we, we shouldn't have done. But, um, overall, I think the offense is really picked up, especially when you look at the fact that this is his first season. You know, he didn't really have an offseason or spring ball. Um, the fact that they have – you know, any type of offense that's consistent, man, is, is impressive, especially with Stephen Bennett coming in and being able to perform the way he has with the uh, new offense coordinator. So I think with time, uh, you know, and him being able to better understand these players is it, only going to be, you know, positive things for the future. 
it, it is interesting now where it sets up. I mean, they get a week off now to kind of lick their wounds and, and reload, and then you know you're, you're at Kentucky on Halloween night. If you're Kirby Smart, do you consider letting JT Daniels get some snaps this week and next and just kind of see if there's something there, or do you stand by Stetson Bennett the rest of the way? Oh, no, without a doubt, man. Uh, I already know coming into this week and the next week that it's going to be a straight-up competition. And people have uh, kind of forgotten about you know, Dewan Mathis as well, but he's a guy who's going to be looking his chops to get another opportunity to get out there as well. So all three of them are, are uh, really going to have their work cut out, proving to, uh, trying to prove to Kirby that uh, they can earn his trust. You know, I don't, I don't think Stetson's job is secure at all. Um, and Kirby, he's looking at how can he win it all. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's definitely going to be just a day-to-day kind of thing. J- we, I do expect to see J.T. Daniels at some point. Um, because all those guys, they came here to play. You know, and I think if uh, Kirby wants to keep them around, we all know about the transfer portal. If he wants to keep them around, he's going to have to let them know that they do have an opportunity to get some snaps. Yeah, there's a guy at Ohio State about to start doing his thing this week uh, by the name of Justin Fields that we saw hit the transfer exactly. portal. So, yeah, you do need to keep those guys happy. Talking with Rennie Curran, um, are you surprised, Rennie, just looking at the SEC this year? Obviously, it's tough when you go 10 games, SEC on SEC, 10 straight weeks. But are you surprised how poor the defenses have played? Because, you know, you would think with the limited prep time gearing up for the season that the offenses would be the ones struggling. But, my gosh, I look at the scoreboard every week. It looks like Big Ten or Big 12 scores. Yeah, no, I'm definitely surprised. I mean, we're, we're pretty much known for that defensive side of the ball, stop the run, being pretty stout. But, I think a lot of teams have definitely got exposed, and I, I you know, look at just how many, uh, you know, how many teams that are really young around the league. You know, we, we, I mean, besides us, like we have the most veteran defense, but a lot of teams have gotten exposed because of lack lack of experience. You know, um, you look at even Alabama, just the, the guys that they've uh, rotated, the linebackers they've lost over the years. I think that has a lot to play with it as well, too. So, um, you know, you, you always. I always think about that offseason, how crucial it is, how you build that camaraderie. You Not only do you learn the defense, but you just learn to gel as a team. And, and so defensively, I think not having uh, that spring ball and, and um, things really being cut down because of COVID, I think that's a, a major um, – that's playing a major role in just the lack of this performance that we're seeing, not only you know, on the offensive side of the ball, but you know, definitely with the defense. I'm so taken aback by all the the playmakers that Alabama has on offense. Watching them go to work on, on Saturday night, uh, how much would you like to put the pads on and try to go stop Najee Harris right there up the gut? <laughs> oh man, you know I would have loved it, and that's a tough thing about being a, a former athlete. Like you never uh, stop really. You, you never lose that sense of just uh, making plays, and just you, you have flashbacks. Like I think I, I got many. Uh, a slight form of PTSD watching it because it's like your heart's beating fast. And, you know, the, the tough thing is not being able to do anything now. So I, I would definitely love to put on pads and have a couple series with, with Najee Harris and any, any one of the other running backs in the SEC. But I know my days are over. <laughs> Talking with Rennie Curran, the, the interesting thing, Rennie, is, uh, you know, I've seen some stats, people putting it out there saying, you know, look, Georgia moved on from Mark Rick, and they were hoping for greener pastures with Kirby Smart. But when you look at the overall record, 
Kirby, you know, has a similar record to what Coach Rick had in his uh, first few years at Georgia. And so, you know, you always wonder, is the grass greener? But that said, how much did you enjoy playing for a guy like Mark Rick? I know he helped uh, write the forward to the book that you put out. And obviously just everybody, every time you come in contact with Mark Rick, you couldn't help but talk about what a nice guy he was. Oh, yeah. I mean, as far as like, you know, that's why I tell people, if you want somebody that, you know, can – improve things X's and O's wise and, and bring in the five stars and all that. You know, Kirby's got that edge and, and maybe you could you could argue another coach, but as far as like leadership character and just showing uh young men how to become, you know, men and leaders in their community and, and great fathers, like there's you really can't find uh many better than Coach Rick. And just not only what he did for the guys, uh what he's done for us while we were playing, but also now that we're done, like I can pick up my phone now and know without a doubt that if I reach out to Coach Rick, that he's going to respond. And that, that's more powerful than anything because, you know, like I said, football is such a short and small part of our life. Like, a lot of us aren't really sure what to do afterwards. So having a guy like Coach Rick who creates opportunities, who makes calls on your behalf to set up job opportunities and different things like that, that to me goes a lot, a lot longer way than, um, you know, what a coach does on a football field, that says a lot more to me about his character, like what you, what he does for you when you're not playing for him, when you're not making plays for him. So I can't say enough about Coach Rick, just a, a great man. He, he helped, has helped so many guys, and a lot of times it's not reported by the news. But, um, yeah, I really, really enjoy playing for him, man, just the, the amount of memories we have, man. We still talk about it to this day. Yeah, I laughed when I saw that, you know, he went to go work for the ACC uh network last year after leaving Miami and I was like you spent two three years at Miami you should be on the SEC network that's where you coach for 15 years you know so I don't know maybe they can make that work out down the road the SEC network can get him in there and he can talk about some SEC football but like I said always a great guy and a class act whenever you talked with uh, Mark Rick wrapping up with Rennie Curran former uh, Georgia linebacker and of course now entrepreneur keynote speaker follow him on Twitter at uh, Rennie Curran 53. Rennie, if anybody wants to, uh, I guess, get in touch with you and, and get your services or whatever it is, uh, how can they do that? Yeah, the easiest way is just to go to my website, RennieCurran.com. And then, like you said, through Twitter at RennieCurran53 or on Instagram as well at RennieCurran. And uh, yeah, I'd love to, love to hear from anybody in the Bulldog Nation or you know, anybody as well in the college football world. Rennie, great stuff, man. We'll have to do this again. When? I'm not saying if. I'm saying when Georgia is in Atlanta playing Alabama in the rematch uh, later in December. We'll get you back on, all right? Awesome, man. Look forward to it. (laughs) Great stuff there. Rennie Curran, really appreciate him taking some time out joining us here on Locked on SEC. Up next, your week four SEC players of the week. Who is garnering that national attention that we need to keep an eye on for the rest of the season? Rock and roll here on Locked on SEC. Our special thanks to Rennie Curran for joining us. Great stuff from him. And we will see. A couple of weeks if Georgia can beat Florida. Be in the driver's seat in the SEC East. And we will get a rematch between Georgia and Alabama in Atlanta. Before we get out of here, I wanted to run through the week four SEC players of the week in football. I got to say football now because on the SEC website, they're listing the volleyball player of the week, the soccer player of the week. And, you know, look, SEC sports are getting back into full action now 
And it's so good to see with uh, all the downtime we had from basically the end of February all the way until uh, this fall where we finally got some football back going and now some of the other sports getting going as well. But we start with on offense, offense player of the week in the SEC. It was Mac Jones, quarterback at Alabama. You cannot say enough about what this guy has done. In the game against Georgia, produced a 219 passer rating against the nation's top-ranked defense. He threw for over 400 yards, completed 75% of his passes with four touchdowns, recorded his third straight 400-yard passing game, and he's averaging 17 yards a completion, 13 yards per attempt. He accounted for 19 first downs through the air against Georgia. He leads the nation in yards per completion, yards per attempt, while ranking second in completion percentage and passing yards per game. Look, before the season, we talked about can Mac Jones be that filler? Can he fill the gap between Tua and whoever the next special quarterback is at Alabama? Some people were kind of saying maybe he could be a Blake Sims type. Maybe he could be, you know, maybe even an A.J. McCarron type. No, Mac Jones is more on the level of a Tua with what he has done so far in these games. Look, he's got tremendous talent around him. I don't want to take anything away from Jalen Waddell or Mechie or Devontae Smith, but the fact of the matter is this kid is getting it done behind a stud offensive line with a great ground game as well, but he's delivering. He's doing what other Alabama quarterbacks have not been able to do in the past and make a lot of mistakes. Mac Jones, your SEC Offensive Player of the Week, and this kid absolutely should be in the Heisman conversation if he keeps this up the rest of the season. Your defensive player of the week in the SEC, it's Grant Morgan, linebacker at Arkansas. With bumper pull out, Grant Morgan stepped right up, and with one arm, no less, one arm uh, all wrapped up, he led the team with 19 tackles, three tackles for a loss, and a pick six, and their win over Ole Miss. He now leads the nation, averaging 13 tackles a game. In the fourth quarter, he made his first career interception, returned to 23 yards for a touchdown, set a career high with three tackles for a loss and two passes broken up. And he was part of that Razorback defense that intercepted six passes for the first time in school history since 2003 versus Mississippi State, which is tied for fifth most in school history. Congrats to him. Special teams player of the week was the South Carolina freshman punter Kai Kroger. He had the best day of his brief career, punted five times for 48-yard average, including a career-best 53-yarder in the win over Auburn. Three of his punts were down inside the 20. He had a net punting average of 44 yards in the game after entering the game with just a 33 yards per punt this season. So congrats to him. Freshman of the week in the SEC, defensive back Hudson Clark at Arkansas. Just his career, second career start, he intercepted three passes in the win over Ole Miss, which is tied for the second most interceptions in school history. It's the most single-game interceptions by a player in college football this season. First Razorback freshman to ever record three picks in a game and the first SEC freshman to have three picks since Mississippi State's Daryl Williams in 2003. He's tied for the nation's lead in interceptions, has the most among freshmen, and Arkansas now leads the nation with 10 interceptions this season. Your offensive line player of the week, Landon Young at Kentucky. He graded at a 90% in Kentucky's win over Tennessee. He had 10 knockdown blocks, did not allow any sacks or quarterback pressures, and had no missed assignments or penalties. He is a stud. Congrats to him. And lastly, your defensive lineman of the week, Jaden Peavy at Texas A&M. The defensive tackle recorded five tackles on the day to go along with a quarterback sack of nine yards. Also recovered a fumble and returned that one 19 yards. So congrats to uh, all the SEC players of the week. Those were all well 
deserved. One more thing I wanted to mention before we uh, wrapped it up. Members of the Kentucky football team have created a website for Chris Oates, who, as you all know, is uh, out not playing football. They created a GoFundMe page for him to help his family with his medical bills. The website is 22OatesStrong.com. That's 22OatesOatesStrong.com. Just wanted to pass that along as uh, that young man has a lot to overcome. That is just about going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. Remember to subscribe. We're here for you five days a week talking all things SEC football. Some other special guests planned throughout the week. Really enjoyed our conversation with Rennie Curran. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.